hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I'll be your host tonight, Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy, and we are without T-Roll tonight. He is still traveling the world overseas and uh, having a grand old time, but I still do have my regular cast of characters. We have uh, Anthony Amato. We like to call him Shamato, and we got our boy Apple Zach, Zach Markham over here, repping, repping everything good in the world. <laughs> all right, so anyway, all that being said... Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for being here to listen and watch our finale of Andor episode 12. And what a series this has been. So um, before we get into all of that, just go ahead and like and subscribe to the video on YouTube and definitely follow us on all of our socials at Royal Geek Pod on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. You name it, we're out there. We got stuff going on, and uh, I feel like it's been a I feel like it's been a minute since we've all been uh, together. Obviously, T rolls ruined that tonight, but yeah, Shimano, it's good to see you, man. How are you, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, um, you know, I was sick a couple weeks ago, so I wasn't able to be part of uh of the last Andor review, which I'm definitely sad because it's been it's been a phenomenal show so far, and I've enjoyed just about every minute of it. Yeah. Oh, me too, man. Yeah, we we enjoyed it. We had our special guest Stephen Cummings, uh, yep. Stevo. Uh, shout out Stevo if you're listening. And uh, but yeah, Markham, uh, how you been, man? I've been good, dude. Yeah, uh, one day at a time, you know. Yeah, exactly. One day at a time. Uh, another near death experience, I, I hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another one. Uh, another one for the books. Yeah. But hey, yeah. I'm still here. You are. You're and you're still here. You're kicking. We love yeah. you. We appreciate you. But uh, anyway, all that aside. Um, let's go ahead and, uh, let's get into this finale review. So spoilers, if you haven't seen the finale yet, which if you haven't seen the finale yet, come on, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. It's um, been four days. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, we are recording this a little bit later because of the holiday. We had uh Thanksgiving here in, in the state side. Yep. yep. T-Roll was over there in Europe and had no idea that it was Thanksgiving. He probably forgot. Yeah, he probably <laughs> did. Truthfully. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So, but, uh, anyway, um, T-Roll shout out, miss you. Love you. Hopefully you are listening on the plane ride home. All right, so um, the finale. Here we go. So, wow, what a yeah. finale! All right. So we say. We, I feel like we've said this all season long about these episodes, and the word intense comes up. Yes. Like numerous, numerous times throughout our reviews, and this show does such a phenomenal job of building suspense yes. with no action. Dialogue. A lot of their dialogue is building suspense. Yeah. And a lot of their moments of doing nothing, and it's the music, and yeah. it's it's just the camera angles. It's the the zooming in on certain set pieces. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's crazy how the these moments, if they were handled incorrectly, could be incredibly boring. Oh, like, yeah, but right. they would, but because of the way they're done and the way they're shot and you can feel the tension as they're building up, there's just like, there's this intensity in this, like, it's just building and building and building as you're going along. Um, like in a lot of this episode, I felt like, um, it, it reminded me a lot of, uh, Les Mis in the, in the, um, in the new version when they have the huge funeral scene and they're, yeah. You know, and there's like this tension building as it's go as the as the uh, casket is going by, and it had the same kind of feel of like the build up, and you're just like you know, all that needs is a spark, and it's oh, yeah. going to you know set something off incredible. So yeah. yeah, and then like the empire was already like playing with fire, 
and everything when they were, you know, like trying to guide them, like where to go, like setting up the barriers and like yes. blockades and stuff. So um, the spark was definitely there. Oh, it just for like sure. Escalated. I thought it was very interesting. You mentioned them like setting up blockade and, and dictating where they get to go. It's funny because um, we see like Dedra, she's being, uh, she gets to barracks and uh they're like oh we've only given them uh half the street we only given them this time to do it and mm-hmm. only 30 people capped and everything like so they have all of these like strict rules yes. and and if you really if you think back to earlier on in the season when luthan is kind of i think he's talking to devel or he's talking to andor but he's like we want them to be um strict we want the oppression to happen yes. we want them to feel uh, like they are in a cage, like that kind of thing, because yep. that's what's going to ignite the rebellion is yeah. the stranglehold. And, and right. this, you see it here, all on a street, which, by the way, the episode's name is uh, Rick's Street. So, yep. uh, or Rick's Road, sorry, yes. Rick's Road. And, um, but yeah, so they have this stranglehold on on this one little area, right? And it was it it, it was very interesting to see that all of these rules and restrictions going into just this lady's funeral, right? Like this yeah. is, but they, they just wanted to honor her and all that kind of stuff. But the empire mm-hmm. is using this as like a put your foot down kind of thing. Right. Cause that's trying to get Andor. Well, it's interesting because Deirdre, Deirdre, like she seems to be the only one who's understanding what's actually going on at the moment. Like in a lot of ways, she's like, no, let them have as many people they want. But like she wants to see how this plays out. She wants to draw out people. She wants to see all this stuff. She's loosening restrictions. She's the one of the main reasons why the the spark even happened was because she wasn't there to to tell them to be like you guys need to pull back. Like right. you, you, like they were getting too much into it. I, I think it was it, it's another moment of the people that were there are like such strict like authoritarians that they're not understanding the situation. Like they're like they're given this book. And there's no leeway in this book, like in the sense, um, and it, it's leading to these situations where something that could be easily avoided in a situation isn't being avoided because, well, the guidelines say we can only have this many people, we can only have it during this time period, you know, and that's what they're trying to adhere to, but that's not what you need. It's more in like this fuel. situation. They're fueling everything. Because yes, of that. Yeah. yeah, they are because Absolutely. of it. Yes, and yeah. uh, it's it's crazy because the episode opens on like the zoomed in face of I believe it's Pac's uh, son, like he's staring at his, yep. uh, the hologram of his dad while he's making a bomb. So literally, Maybe. sparks sparks are gonna fly. Yeah. that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So you automatically get stakes at the beginning of this episode. You get you see that there is going to be something. You see the mental turmoil that this this young guy is is dealing with and uh it's going to pop off like literally pop off and uh it's it was just such a good build it really was and then like it, it transitions over to to bix just like tra- <laughs> traumatic experience that she's oh, had yeah, she's been a, a post uh torture trauma that she's oh going my through. goodness yeah. man yes. she, you, she is going through it isn't she yeah dude just gone man just not <laughs> yeah. there I mean, it's it's it makes me wonder like if she can can recover i know I mean, towards the end of the episode, things start to go in the right direction. But uh, I don't know. I worry about her arc in the season two if she gets one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, maybe what they've done to her is also going to push her towards being an un, like, almost unwilling mm. spy for the Empire as well yeah. as a possibility. Almost, I, um, 
I mean, once again, like j- kind of like what happens in uh, with Theon Greyjoy in the Game of Thrones universe, you know, where he kind of gets his mind warped, where he's so beaten down that he's becomes uh, he switches sides, right? Yeah, you know. So I think I mean I think there is a possibility that what they've done with her is so mentally like taxing that maybe there's something inside of her because mm-hmm. even when Andor comes to get her, she seems very hesitant to go with him. It isn't a Oh, Andor, like, in, like, it isn't even, like, an, oh, Andor, I'm mad at you because I got in here. It's a, they're going to be mad. Like, what what would I do if I'm, like, it was was more about fear of the Empire rather than, uh, like, just being the fear of being captive. Yeah. It's like they have her, like, in a physical prison, but also, like, in a mental prison at the same time. Great, yeah. Oh, you could definitely see that too. Like yeah. you, she's living living at her worst life right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, for man. sure. But uh, I did also think that. So we see Bix. She's in there. She's kind of like staring at the window, kind of thing, right? But uh, Dedra makes a point to move the cameras, and Bix is like kind of seeing the cameras. So like eyes are on her at all times. So yeah, she that adds to that that mental anguish. Like there's they're always watching me. I gotta be on my game. Yeah. I gotta I gotta make sure that uh, I, I'm not doing anything to make me go through this pain again. Like that kind of thing. So yeah, that add, that definitely adds to it for sure. But uh, we definitely in the last episode I left off with Andor communicating and finding out that his his mom had passed away. Yes. And yep. this one like he's he's coming. He's 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 lands, he's there. He hops the fence, the dogs bark at him and uh the one dude he's like, "Oh, whoa, you're here. Well, I can't believe you actually came." That kind of thing, right? And uh he's Andor gets all the details. He's like, "What's going on? What is happening? What are we doing?" And then uh obviously Andor changes some plans around. You obviously see that because he does make a, several different plays. But I, I find it interesting the person that he talks to, right? And when we, he he knows the secret that he's there, right? And then all he has to keep it to himself. He can't tell anybody. But then the guy who's working for, um, so there's the ISB agent who's undercover, that kind of thing, who's yes. like surveillancing them. He's working for that guy, and uh, oh, I forget his name. I think it's like. Uh, Urse or Ufe or something like that, um, but he's the one that in the beginning of the series, like and he and owed him money, and he he comes and tries to intimidate him, and uh, so anyway, so he is getting that dude drunk in the bar, and he's like, oh yeah, like it's a shame Andor won't be here to see his mom's thing, and then he got him so drunk he was like, oh, I don't want to be so sure about that. He's like, what do you know? Whatever you know, keep it to yourself. That kind of thing, right? But then he smiles and walks away. And uh, relays that information to the ISB agent, but I I find it very interesting because you see the ISB agent, but then you also see Cinta watching the ISB agent. So yeah, yeah. it was very interesting the way they cut those scenes together because um, it's like it's, a chain. It yeah, like a yeah, like a chain, chain reaction. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, great, man. I'm, it's it's crazy how espionage this episode felt. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of like spy versus spy type of thing. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. you know you know you think once one person has the upper hand, but it's really like. There's a person behind the person, and then there's a person behind that person, like that type of situation. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely like a bunch of different agendas going on, you know, simultaneously, um, without anyone else knowing about it. Like since having, you know, the upper hand on the ISB agent, um, the the captain there, you know, on his own agenda, you know, wanting to, you know, further like put fear into the people and you know be strict with the people as far as like them not getting their funeral and then. Deidre wanting to get you know uh, Andor and everything, so there was a lot. There was a lot of stuff going on, mm-hmm. um, just in that one episode, and everybody's like there for their own reason. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if there were basically like four major sides building it, even though there's only like really, it's two sides, but each side had like two sides to it. Right. Like Deirdre was kind of like her own outside agenda, outside of what the regular empire was, and the yep. empire had their own. The agents there had their own thing, and of course you had for the on the rebellion side you had Cinta and Vel and all them kind of grouped together, and you had Andor making his own moves as well in the world. So it was very, it, it was very. There was a lot of overlapping things that were going on that were just it was just waiting for the you know right thing to fall into place for to for events to just you know shoot out of hand. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And uh, I want to highlight one of the one of the characters here. Okay. I want to highlight uh, uh, Brasso's Brasso, right? The the big dude who's uh, Andor's best friend, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. Dude, dude is he's amazing, man. He is yeah. he is a, a beast. Um, we see that come to uh, action when he actually has to fight and stuff. But but just the the fact that he is uh, so willing to put his neck on the line for Andor and. Uh, one of the scenes that stands out to me is with the ISB agent who's supposed to be following him. Uh, he's, he's trailing him, but then he realizes like he's not here. The big guy's not here. That kind yeah. of thing, right? And that's when he gets to uh, he snuck away. He kind of lost his tail, right? And um, uh, he reunites with Andor, and they, that embrace that embrace was so so huge, yeah. man. Like because yep. you you feel the you feel you feel the passing of his mother and him kind of trying to console Andor, but you also feel. Like there's something bigger going on here, and I'm glad you're here because we need you. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm like getting mad to him. I I didn't get a chance to draw, but like his interaction with the with uh with a robot in the oh, last episodes yeah. were yeah. just like mm. whew, it was rough. It was it was hard to watch those couple of the, those interactions because they were like. It, and it was, it's once again it's one of those situations where you know Star Wars makes you feel about a droid, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. I'm glad you felt that way because that was one of our points we made last week, and yeah. uh, I yeah. can tell you didn't listen, but it's okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> right? worries, no worries. <laughs> yeah. uh, that always showing love for the, the Royal Geek Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's yeah that that was very emotional last week as well. But uh, um, he Brazos just he brings it, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you could just tell, he, like you, he, he wants to do right by you know Ferrix, by Marva, by Cassian, by B, and just by the people that's there. Like he's almost like that that leader for Ferrix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though Cassian is a leader in his own way, like you could tell that Brasso is there, you know, for the people, you know, for yeah. Marva. Um, well, he's, for the he's a lot like Andy Circus's character from in the prison. Oh, like they're very yeah. similar, like styles. Is, yeah. Their ultimate goal isn't their like own safety. It's about the safety of the people around them. Correct. You know, um, so you, you really see that kind of play out. They're very similar like characters, and you see how you know that person is such an important part to the, to the rebellion. This person who's selfless, who's willing to you know take care of his people, and you know how that is such a positive force in this universe. And you're seeing Andor even like gravitate to these people because he had this person. On Ferrix, and he then he just happened to you know gravitate towards the person that was in the prison who acted very similarly. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right, very true. And uh, so, so we have this kind of chess match playing out here on Ferrix, where we have uh, Dedra made her appearance, and she's there with the ISB trying to capture yeah. Andor and you know get a hold of access. That's her main goal. Well, we also have access, aka Luthen. <laughs> Yep. On his way to the planet, he gets there. He joins up with Val and Sentra, and uh, he's there waiting on Andor. And he says, "If you see him, we got to kill him." Right? That's the yep. thing, because he he knows too much. He's he's trouble. It's a loose end. Yeah, loose end. We got to tie yep. up all loose ends. So he's there, 
and then obviously Andor, he he comes and when he does arrive, I, I I jumped over this a little bit. I didn't actually even mention it, but it was it happened before he jumped the fence, and it was him in the rain, kind of staring at the stone. And like later, we see that like it was it was uh, what was the name Clem? It was yes. it was Clem Stone. He had a little flashback scene to the interaction with Clem, and uh, I don't know. It was it was just a it was a powerful moment because you kind of could see Andor was kind of dealing with his own own issues but it kind of gave him clarity on what to do next yeah yeah so it was it was interesting to see and then the fact that they were emphasizing the stone and him touching the stone and then later on during the funeral scene the stone for marva plays a huge factor into everything that goes yeah. on um it, it was just it was just very touching to see the the clem stone yeah i think andor is kind of at a spot in his like journey to where he wants to do the right thing but he still needs reminders. Yeah. Like he he he's he, he still needs something every once in a while to you know get him to go on the right path yeah. because he's been kind of lost in a lot of ways up yeah. until now. But he he's finally getting to the situation where like he he's like I got to do these right things. I got to do these things. But uh, he, he needs these little pushes every once in a while to get him to go in the right direction. Well, the crazy thing is that he he gets that. Like he when he when Brasos meets him in the underground area, he says Marva wanted me to tell you, and then yes. she, he repeats word, oh my word gosh, for word. Yeah, that was yeah, and and uh, one of the last things that he says that that she shared with him was uh, once he's in, he's like all in, like that kind of thing. He just has to get there, that kind of thing. Yeah, and that was just so so powerful, and the yeah. and or just listening and receiving it, you can truly see like it is sinking in. He is he is fully figuring out what he is going to do like yeah it, it, it was it was kind of like a, a, a switch turning and uh he's he's now he's now in it like that kind of thing yeah, yeah it was I, just it was oh he, yeah. the way he just presented it like the the word he used it the the framing was just so like perfect like it was such a great way of showing that like these are the words that she used like not just in the order but this is the way she meant you to hear them yeah it, yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah, it was it was very touching, and then you could even see like how that affected him. You know, if you go back and you watch like Rogue One, just how dedicated he is to the cause and like the yes. things he's willing to do. You know, for the rebellion and everything, like he truly believes it. Um, and then so like seeing that transition from you know this series, even into the finale of you know this episode, like how much it moved him into that right direction. Yeah. Oh yeah. It. Uh it definitely was the uh, the the catapult that he needed to get moving. It was mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, it was very good scene, and I feel like that was a scene that shortly after they uh, they planned the, the the everything that was going to happen during the during the street. We didn't really see the, a lot of the planning process, but that was probably when Andor was like, "All right, Brazos, this is what we need to do," and. Uh, the big the big thing was to create a distraction or a rebellion up, uprising to give him enough time to get Bix out. That was really yeah. The main purpose was to, to save Bix, but the uh, underlying purpose was to fight back. Which yeah, yeah. Uh, fight back it, it plays a key role here. We see the funeral procession and the before that starts. Uh, the the ISB agents are like, yeah, we got two hours until uh, it's supposed to take place. But then 
The anvil. Gosh, the anvil, man. Yes. We need more anvil in it's every intense, show dude. possible, man. Freaking like sick, dude. It is insane. And I, when they sent the uh, stormtrooper up to the tower to get him, I was yeah. like, please don't kill oh, this yeah. guy. And then that the dude just like kicks him yes. down. He just him 300 down. kicks him and yeah. just oh, kick so to the chest. Yes, great, man. But uh, that anvil has been so key in this series. And mm-hmm. it has... Like Ferrix, it's where it's at, man. Like this, yeah. it, this community is so tight knit, and it uh, truly like believes in each other. That kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so then they, they, the funeral procession happens, and everybody ISB agents are scrambling. Right? They're just like, "What's going on? Like, we got to get yeah, uh, shut it down. Like, get get the blockades up. That kind of thing. Right? Because they were anticipating it being later. Well. Uh, they marched down the street and, uh, Bross was holding the stone and, uh, the funeral stone, I guess I'm gonna call it. Uh, but, um, uh, they're all, everybody from town is coming. They're coming to watch. And, uh, what I found very interesting was Luthen. his, he hoods up, right? Cause when you wear a hood, you're incognito, right? That's what, if anything, Assassin's Creed taught us, that's what it means. Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> hoods up, he's incognito, he's walking the streets, but like, we have the dynamic of if he gets to Andor first, he's going to kill him. And then we have the dynamic of if the Empire finds out that Andor is here, they're going to kill him. And then we have the other uh, side of things where Ferex wants to save Andor, like or protect Andor. He's one of their own, right? So yeah. uh, there's a lot of things working against Andor here. Well, but also Deidre wanted him alive. Very yeah, much yes. so. Oh, good point. And she good was point. very in actually, about In actuality... It. The only people that wanted to kill him were Luthen, <laughs> Luthen and the other rebellion. Like, yeah. That's what it was. Luthen and the rebellion really were the only ones that wanted to kill him. The Empire were under pretty strict orders that they needed to capture him alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was definitely adamant about that. Yeah, I mean, they would have captured like if they did capture him, they would have kept him alive long enough to get the information they needed. Yeah, and then and he'd then, have been gone. Yeah, then, discarded. Yes. Yeah. yes, you are very correct about that. It would have been a very short-lived life after he was caught. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and. Uh, so yeah, so then uh, everyone's scrambling. Dedra's trying to get to the front line to see what's going on, um, and then the, the 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 group settles, and we see our boy uh, B come up. B two emo, by the way, and uh, he comes up and he has a uh, hologram of yes. of Marva. And mm-hmm. when I tell you that speech that she gives resonates so much with me fight back at the end of that man but yeah the build-up to get to the the fight back was was incredible because she's laying out the, the the groundwork okay yeah she's laying out the the reason why they're in the situation right and everything that they have had to do and had to deal with and everything is just it's building it's building and building and then the shoe drops when she says fight back it, yeah. it, it yeah. means so it hit much. everybody it, like yeah. you could like yeah. just the reaction to everybody in the in the crowd they're like it it all like moved them, yeah, and yeah. you know, some way, form or fashion, yeah. Um, but I just want to shout out that whole speech because like the way she was speaking, like you know, like she recorded this probably in the comforts of like her living room or something, you know, would be there. But the way she was speaking, as if she was speaking to the crowd, like she was yeah. living and breathing, like well, right in front. She of opened them. up with, "I can feel you here." Like that, that, is, that was that, so amazing, yeah. dude. Gosh, chills. I really, I honestly, I did get chills during that scene. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, she did a gr- she did a great job of like building their case of why compliance was no longer a like a justifiable stance for their for them. Right. You yeah. know, and how you could always cuz there's always these moments in when you're being taken over like, you know, well, 
you know, if we just give in, you know, it won't we'll, be we'll so be bad. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll be, be okay. okay. We can yeah. survive. Yeah. And she was just like building this case of how we've done this for so long and how much we've already lost because of that. And what we, what you need to do to get to what you really want, which is freedom. Right. You and know, true freedom where it yes. lies, that kind of thing. Right. Yes. Like, gosh, man, it was so good. And, uh, it, it honestly, it really did. It truly resonated with me. And it was, it was inspiring. I mean, just watching it as the audience, um, we definitely stirred us and moved us, but, uh, you can see the crowd. They 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 listen to her. They yeah. fight back. Um, Brazos uses this stone, her funeral stone, to just completely destroy a stormtrooper or ISB yeah. agent or whatever. It was the ISB agent, I believe. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, he then flips B over, holograms over, and uh, which was sad. It was sad. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah. But uh, everyone starts throwing stuff. They start brawling in the streets, and uh, the 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 fight breaks out. Right. The best scene in the fight for me. I, I don't know if you guys know what I'm about to say, but the best scene in there was when Brazos headbutts the stormtrooper. Oh, it, yeah. It, it just solidified, like, what's the point of these helmets, man? Yeah. If this dude, he granted, he is hulking and massive and big. He just slams his head up against the stormtrooper, and the stormtrooper just flops on down. Like, he just got his world yeah. rocked. Yeah, and I'm dude. like, dude, you're wearing a helmet. Come on. What what is the, yeah, what's the purpose was, of that? Was, I love that scene, dude. Yeah, it was pretty awesome and it was pretty crazy mm-hmm. and like and it, they did a great job of like slowly building even within the fight cuz up until then the empire had kept, kept relative restraint. They have, yeah. Truthfully. Like yeah. they were still trying to contain the situation at that point. They were putting up more blockades. They were, you know, they might be they were fighting against the people, but they were not you know, using what you you generally consider ex- excessive force. So they were building up all this stuff, all of this stuff. And especially at this moment, you're kind of like, in your mind, it also creates this idea in your mind of, they have a really good shot right now of like, yeah. you know, doing what they need to do in this rebellion because you're not really thinking, uh, even though you can see them, you're not thinking about the guns that the... <laughs> right, exactly. The, the blasters that the empire has because you're just like you're caught up in the moment and you're just yeah, like yeah. you know this this group of people are going to be able to overtake you know the uh, take overtake this unit in the in the empire yeah and so and then they have of course the that they le- they level up you know oh, right yeah they definitely and it, well it was because the the rebellion uh the, the young kid yes, comes, steps yes. up yeah. tosses his little pipe bomb like this russian pipe bomb or whatever it is yeah, yeah. and uh completely uh, like blows up that whole thing and then after that you see fire at will like yes. let's go and yes. so yeah it just it flipped the switch but uh we didn't mention cyril cyril's here okay yeah and uh he sees kind of this unfolding from afar. Yes. I, I do like his entrance to Ferrix where he's sitting quietly on the train and trades hats with the other dude, the lieutenant. Yes. Um, and uh, But he sees this playing out, and he sees the the young kid run up there, and he immediately is like, I got to get to Dedra. I got yes. to get to my gal, right? That's what it's yes. all about. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he he storms over there. Things blow up. He like gets her out of there, pulls her, and... Uh, I thought it was an awkward moment, but a very strong moment for yes. those, those two characters. Um, one reason being that Dedra has realized that she needs to rely on somebody else. Like yes. she needs to ask for help. Because this is the first time that we really ever saw her like disheveled. Like yes. she, yes. like she was no longer in control after, especially right. after she lost her gun. I, I, 
she thought she was dead. Yeah. Like, oh, I, yeah, like yeah, yeah, even yeah. just, not even from the blast. I think she thought she was going to be literally just like torn. Mauled, yeah. Pieces. Mauled to death. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, so that was, that was one thing. And then the other thing was like, Cyril is, he's a, he's a player. He's a factor. He's a, yes. he's one of these pieces that, that is going to be, um, taking place moving forward. And I think it was really important in this scene because, uh, so much of it was Deidre did not want to admit that he was able to help. Right. You know, um, and all this stuff. He was just this pencil pusher who was there. Yeah. He didn't really have, yeah. um, like, she, I mean, she she enjoyed the fact that he had drive, but there was nothing like else behind that in his own right. So I felt like this was this moment where he, like, not only did he show his drive, but he showed his like something else in his ability to sacrifice himself for right. her, yeah. which yeah. is something that she, you know, hadn't seen before. Yes. Yeah. I think it was a realization for him too. Cause he knew that from that point forward, especially with their conversation and everything, like he established a spot, like yeah. some sort of spot of power, whether like he gets enlisted with the empire or he gets like put on a special team with Deidre moving forward. I think, yeah, I think I can see that now because I think she sees the value in him, not only because uh, he saved her. Like that's, I think that's like secondary. I think her, what she is realizing is that he is committed to this purpose. She, yes. he is committed to this so much so where he came on out because he he knew that something was going to go down. Like yeah. he was this committed to Andor. Like he was out here in in the field that kind yep. of. Yes, but uh, but yeah, so he gets her out. And uh, the whole time, all of this craziness is happening. Andor is is getting big sad, which she doesn't make it easy. She's like, "No, they're gonna get us," like that kind of thing, right? But he finally gets her out, and he walks her to the the, the ship that's waiting, right? Yes, yeah. And uh, we see Brassos is there. Um, the 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 son the son is there. The junkyard guy is there, and, and I think uh, the leader of the daughter yes, daughter's, daughter's affairs. affairs. Yes, yeah. the leader of da- and then B B is there too. Yes, and. Uh, he gets picks on there, and he's like, "Start it up, get us out of here. You're not coming." And then B drops the line of, "Andor never comes with us." That kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. Um, but uh, gosh, I, I want more B. So hopefully we do get him. And I, I low key want my my own personal theory that I thought of wanting B to be the 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 basis of what K two S O becomes. Like like the, he's like the, yep. the the data system that K two grows from. But I doubt that's gonna happen. But uh, I it, I would love it. I mean, yeah, I understand what you're getting at there. I just, I don't know, like, personality-wise. And yeah, like, it's, it's a little, yeah. Like, he would need to have, like, his memory wiped and then probably, like, put into this other, like, droid. There's a lot that but, goes into yes. it. Yeah, I know. But, hey, uh, a man can dream, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so um, Andor's like, I got something to do because he saw Luthen. Like, which was when he was scouting out the where Bix was. Yes, he saw Luthen in the crowd, and he could just tell. Like they, he knew he was loose end. He knew there were some things going on that he had to address with Luthen and the rebellion. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and, like he knew he was about to get like whacked off. Yeah, yeah. He knew. Yeah. He knew. He definitely. He, it was in the air. He could feel it. Yeah. But uh, so he's like, I got something to do. He leaves. They escape, and then uh, Luthen uh, books it to his ship. And uh, Luthen gets his ship, and of course, Andrew's already there waiting for yep. him. And uh, we get the cool um, Luthen walking in the cockpit, thinking there's nothing going on, and then Andor uh, right behind him. This scene right here was also one of my favorites because of the conversation that they have. Uh, Andor makes it known that I know you want to kill me. He leaves his gun closest to um, Luthen. Yes. He, ma- he leaves it there as a sign of, you know, kind of like. 
I, I know. I get it. But hear me out. That kind of thing, right? And um, he says, you can kill me or you can... Or, or you can enlist me. Enlist me. Yeah, take yes. me with you. Use me. That kind of thing, right? I'm in. I'm all in. That kind of thing, right? And and Luthen, he just kind of gives him this look, this smirk, like, uh, yeah, yeah. We we got. That's some, what we I got, want. We That's got what I the need. ball rolling. That's what I needed to hear. Yes. Like this is it. This is the moment, right? That where the rebellion is is has taking off. That yeah. kind of thing, right? He's like, this. This is what I want to see in the people that I'm recruiting. Like yes. that type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, and, I yeah. think if it wasn't for like Andor setting the stakes for that scene. Like if he didn't put the the gun on the table and show that like sense of sacrifice, mm-hmm. I feel like Luthen would have killed him. Because yeah. I feel like yeah. what means the most to like Luthen and like starting this rebellion is like you have to be willing to sacrifice something. Make the and, play. Yeah, make, yeah, the make the play, the play that others won't make. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And then like the the character that Cassian showed or portrayed, you know, through this series is he's very clever in the way like he he basically tells people what they want to hear, mm-hmm. talks yeah. his way out of situations, yeah. you know. Um, but but he gets the, the job done too. He gets the job yeah. done. But like in this particular scene, like he wasn't trying to talk himself, you know, into a situation or out of a situation. It's just, it's just what it was. Yeah, take it or leave it kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Very good. And I think it's also like at that moment, you know, Andor had the dominant point, and he was willing to give it up to to Luthen to, to to for this sacrifice like yeah. Yeah. he had the he he had the drop on him you yeah. know he could have knocked off Luthen right then and you know but then he he leaves the he leaves the gun there he leaves it in Luthen's hand to make that decision about his life as well yeah. so i think he's very much about you know showing that yes i could have done this and i've done this many times before but in this moment, I am leaving it up to you. Yeah, the the kind of submissive kind of behavior. Yeah, yeah, very good, mm-hmm. man. And uh, so yeah, that wraps up kind of that storyline. But I, I want to bring up the Coruscant storyline that's going on. Okay? Yeah, because this was also huge as well. All right, um, we see Mon Mothma, and she is waiting for her husband to come out. Right. Yes. And uh, she gets in. She tells the driver to give us some privacy, which obviously. Uh, she knows that it's there's not. No privacy. There's no privacy. Yeah. yeah. And so, how genius was this that she has these money struggles, right? But she's just <laughs> straight up accusing her husband of gambling, even though he's he, he's probably not. He's genuine. He's probably genuine there. But she's just like, stop well, lying to me. Like, well, so I think I don't think he is. But I think she's making. I think that even makes it even better. It's because she knows there's an inkling of joy, truth, and yeah. I think in every. I think that makes it so much. And every, mean, every one great thing, lie, yeah. there's a little yes, bit of truth. Yes, there's a little yeah. bit of truth. So I think she could have just thrown him under the bus, but I think there was a little bit of the truth in there that makes it even more, you know, palpable. Yeah, right. Like the way and like yeah. the way she was talking everything is like that was definitely an issue that's happened before, like in their marriage right, and everything. Correct. So there is but, an establishment to that behavior. Yeah. Correct. And then the way like she delivered it as if like she she had the drop on him, like she actually knew what was going yeah. on. Like it was very convincing. That entire like conversation, everything with yeah. the driver, and of course the driver relays that to ISB, yep. and uh, they are they're like, okay, so there's some explanation for the money that's 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 there, right? And uh, but then like we also see that she has agreed to have her daughter 
uh, kind of, you know, courted. Yes. Um, yep. By the dude who's gonna like launder, launder her money, that money, kind of thing, yeah. right? Yep. Um. So that's that's a whole dynamic in its own. Like that's pretty crazy. That that's gonna happen. Do you think she's also gonna like double down on everything and not only she use that for against the ISB, but is she gonna potentially use it as a token? of something against her uh, her husband for to get a better relationship with her daughter i honestly uh i do think she's gonna use it uh against her husband i do because their relationship is so weird yes. and strained and i feel like he talks like he's always one up on her like he he talks that way yeah but we know as the audience like mon has other stuff in the works right but yeah. I feel like she's going to use this as an opportunity to kind of gain the upper hand yeah. um, on the relationship and what's going on in the household. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see that playing out. Like, he, like the way she's portrayed in Rogue One and, you know, the rest of the Star Wars trilogy, you definitely see her where, like, she's by herself. Like, yeah. her daughter's, yeah. you know, not there. Her husband's not there. So um, I think that is, like, the ultimate sacrifice that, you know, she made, you know, to get... And the you can really you can see it on her face too when everything's playing out. Like she knows what she's doing. Yeah. She understands the 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 strength and courage that it takes to make this sacrifice and play for a bigger cause for yeah. for freedom. Like they mentioned, yeah. uh, Marva mentioned. So yeah, I just I thought that was very interesting. I did. And uh, the ISB agent uh, is given the information about the money, right? But then we also kind of in this general scene. We get word and see Anto Krieger. Yes. And uh, I'm very intrigued to hear what you guys think about this because here's my question for you, okay? He's obviously there at the ISB agency or wherever the heck they are, right? He's clearly on the side of the Empire. Yes? You're with me here? Yeah. Right? Is he a mole for the rebellion in the Empire or is he a mole for the Empire in the rebellion? That's, that's an interesting idea, but yeah. I, I I think at the very least, Luthen did not know if he was. If he was actually a mole from the Empire inside the Rebellion, I would say he didn't know. I think it's, it's because it kind of creates this idea that he was willing to just sacrifice a larger piece for this. Um, it, it reminds me of, you know you know, spy espionage from like World War Two and stuff like this, that when, you know, you sometimes you have to give up a piece to keep the larger piece, you know? So I think at the very least, Luthen didn't know if he was, you know, helping out the Empire in some sort of way. But then the biggest thing there is just to show like, I think the biggest thing they were trying to show is how arrogant the Empire was in this moment and how like, how the next move by the rebellion is going to hit them even harder because of the fact that they, they saw this as a huge win when this was really something that was being gifted to them. Mm, like yeah. it, it, this was a, I think the empire saw this as they, you know, uh, like tearing down of the organization, like the, the rebellion yeah, was like falling a, like apart. A, yeah. Like a win. Yeah. They took yeah. it as, they took it as a major win. So they're going to be a little bit more laxed in their, yes. their movement going forward. Interesting to see. Yeah, I wouldn't even say like relaxed. I would say like more arrogant moving forward. Yes, um, like they feel more like they're untouchable. Or right, like yeah, like confident, like godlike, you know, um, aspect and all that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, like it, like it's just really cool to see, man. Like you see, like the build here, like you know, them being arrogant, 
and everything. And then, like, you see the blow that was, you know, delivered to them, you know, in Rogue One. And then then the next blow that was delivered to them in New Hope with with the Death Star being destroyed. Right. So, like, it's just a buildup of stuff going on. And you see that arrogance, like, really plays, like, their downfall. Domino effect, for sure. It's a domino effect. And, like, like, they do not expect it after blow, after blow, after blow. Yeah. I agree. I agree, man. And uh, you know, a part of me kind of wants to see a. Uh, so, uh, going back to Mon Mothma, going back there, uh, part of me kind of wants to see a uh, Star Wars series where it takes place with like the the Senate involvement and that kind of stuff, like a House of Cards style, like uh, political yeah. political playing out, uh, who's pulling whose strings, uh, just kind of stuff like that dealing with the senate in the galactic alliance like that kind of thing that would be pretty interesting to see i mean it would be interesting if they could play it out right you know we've seen them poorly play it out yeah a oh, little bit right. but you know if you could do it really well like a, like, like a house a house of card style political drama mixed in with a little bit of uh, peak game of thrones political drama that kind yeah. of thing right that would be that'd be pretty interesting to see i'd, I'd watch that series like a complete That's- lack of like jedi interaction oh yeah yeah yeah. of course absolutely yeah. um although i do believe well i guess it's post jedi council at this point isn't it or yeah yes it is okay so yeah so yeah i would uh i would i still be down for that so all right um any any final thoughts on the finale anything we missed i mean of course there's the the mid-credit scene ah, you know yes where, yes oh yeah where we finally uh, where, get to see where all those parts were going i called yeah. it I called it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we all had a had a very strong inkling on on what they were doing. But uh, we see the we see uh, the piece that they were building uh, in the yes. prison, and I, w- I was not expecting it to be like a droid, like oh, take that, it. yeah, like like it was a droid that they were building to build the the build the Death Star. Yeah, which was it's uh, pretty sick. So the, yeah, they're they're building the Death Star. So that's it's pieces to the Death Star and in, in a droid there. So um, yep, it was. It was pretty cool to see the Death Star almost completed, right? But that shows kind of the timeline where we're at in getting yes. to the Rogue One Episode Four connection. And so, it's it, I'm definitely excited to see season two because this was a finale for season one. However, it didn't really feel like a season finale. It feels like Episode Thirteen. It feels like Episode Thirteen is about to happen, like next yeah. week, that kind of thing. But we do know that there is a second season, a second and final season that will lead into directly into where Rogue One um, takes place. So it's I, I am I'm excited about season two. For me, this has been a top tier show. This yes. has yeah. been top quality content, like minus minus uh some some animated shows out there like this is probably their best uh tv series and don't get me wrong i love mando but this this might have taken over mando for me until season three gets here at least i mean i feel like the impact that it actually has on the star wars universe is so much greater than what man mando had like mando is a great storyline but it didn't it well, wasn't really like it's also like villain of the week Mando is. Yes. Whereas this is like a a complete storytelling from episode one to twelve. Yes. Like that kind of thing. Of one one storyline, that kind of thing, right? So but uh, trust me, I love Mandalorian. I really do. And I think season three could easily come out and we're like, oh, Andor what? Huh? What was that? But I, I don't think I don't know. I don't think so. I think Andor was it was top quality, top notch, and I am ex- yeah. so so looking forward to season two. Yeah. I feel like this has been like the first series where they have done where like you knew what the show was going to be from episode one all the way up into the finale, yeah. There was no there was no filler episodes. 
None. No. Like every uh-huh. single episode for me was like a crucial episode as yes. far as like story building. It was laying the bricks. Yeah. Laying down the foundations every episode. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was very much like, uh, it reminds me a lot of like, like shows like Breaking Bad have done. It's like they yeah. knew how many episodes they were going to have. And they were like, we're not, we're going to tell our story over this many episodes. There's going to be nothing, there's, there's no room. It's airtight. Yeah. There is only room to tell the stories we need to. Whereas, you know, other shows are kind of like, you know, well, we need, we can go off and do a side quest here, there, right. everywhere. But it very much seemed like we, we have this set time period and we're going to make sure that we take advantage of every moment in every episode because we only have this set time period. Yeah, right. So great, man. So great. So, all right. So, um, I believe we're going to wrap up here. So, for my uh, my good fellas here, Shimato, Applezax, and uh, T-Roll out there somewhere in the world, uh, other side of the continent, obviously. Um, but, uh, no, actually, other side of the world. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, but, yeah, anyway, shout out. I'm your boy, Sandy. And uh, we will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants.